Um, we have got an all-together service this morning, as you all know, one of my faves. Um, now, my family and some of my friends quite often describe me as uh, quite soppy. I um, am the kind of person that will watch a programme or something or a film and it gets to my heart and I just start bawling. And there are moments as well, um, my family will know this, where we're sat around the dinner table and I'm really caught off guard. I just start crying just because I'm so happy to be there. <laughs> and uh, you can imagine what my dad's like. He ends up tutting me and giving me a side hug. But that's just who I am. And our God is so generous that he completely panders to my soppiness. Um, I was fresh out of university. I'd done a, a teaching degree, and I was in my NQT year and teaching a year one class. I was totally out of my depth, and I felt like I was hanging on to the cliff edge with my fingertips. I wanted to go a little deeper into discovering where my insecurities and my lack of confidence came from. And I wanted to be a better teacher and a more confident colleague. So I went to counselling. These counselling sessions absolutely ripped me apart. They looked at some of my saddest memories, my loneliest memories, my biggest insecurities. When I walked away from those sessions, I ran into my Heavenly Father's arms. I was insecure and desperate to find my identity in a relationship. But Jesus revealed his deep love to me. And his longing for me to know his plans are so much greater than my wants. I felt him telling me to go and buy myself a ring. To remind myself of his eternal love. As I looked at my hands during the day when I was teaching using the whiteboard, that would remind me of his deep love for me. A few days after that, I got tax reimbursement. I knew that God wanted me to spend that on the ring. So I went into Bromley found a ring I liked and paid for it. Five days later, I went to go and pick it up. I gave the lady my receipt and she said, um, oh, I believe the ring that you've bought is called Eternity Kisses. <laughs> and I just thought, that is so cheesy, but I love it. <laughs> How generous my God is. The fact that he cares about my needs and he wanted to show me with that ring, which I'm wearing still five years later, how much he loves me and adores me, and he will love me and adore me for eternity. He totally pandered to my soppiness just because he loves me. Do we believe that our Heavenly Father is always generous? At the end of your pews, there are some post-it notes and some pens. I want you to have a think about a time where you have known our God to be generous whether that's through um, an occasion like mine, where he's just simply called my ring, eternity kisses, or whether that's something much simpler, or whether it's um, something that you needed that he's provided. Johnny is going to come up and play some music. Kids, I want you to get involved as well. Grab a post-it note. There are some pens lying around too. And I want you to write on the post-it note, how you know our God to be generous. I expected fall. Something about it that just, it's incredible. Don't worry about it, Jane. When I got my ring and um, God told me through the ring how much he loved and adored me, all I wanted to do was go and shout it from the rooftops, even in all my soppiness. <laughs> I wanted to tell everybody how much God loves each one of us. And I wonder if that's been the case for you in terms of these situations. We just think, I am so lucky. God is so generous. 
how can I go and share that with other people? Now, a lot of you um, who are here would have decided at some point in your life, have a think about it, that you were saying yes to following Jesus. It doesn't apply for everybody, but for a lot of you it does. Our relationship with Jesus is at the core of who we are. Lyra, could you come and... She's been so excited about this moment. Come and sit on this seat. We, our relationship with Jesus is at the core of who we are. We are holding onto Jesus and his cross and his love for us. Can you hold that? It's quite heavy, isn't it? <laughs> um, now, quite often in life... Keep hold of it, Lara. I'm a bit worried. This is, quite often in life, we have um, so much going on in our... Um, society. In our society, it's not a general thing that we're in the co-op and a conversation about God comes up. That's not natural for our society. Our society talks a lot about um, the experiences we can have and the things we can buy and the things we can do. I want to ask you a question. Does anyone know how, I mean, if anybody's read the John Mark Comer book, you might know this, but how many ads so adverts, we see on average a day. Anyone want to shout some numbers out? What they think? 50 we've got. Anybody else? 300 are here? 259. 500,000. <laughs> we see 4,000 ads on average a day. 4,000 ads, whether that's on our phone, whether that's on shop fronts, whether that's on vans, moving pictures, we see them everywhere. What does that do to our society when we see that many ads a day? All those ads are saying, this will make your life better, this will make your life faster, this will make your life more fulfilled, this will make your life perfect. How many times... Do we see, now some young people know this to be true about my week, do we see perfect pair of knee-high boots in the shops? They're half price, they fit your calves perfectly, and you think, I've always needed knee-high boots. I haven't. I've always needed knee-high boots, they're half price, I must get them. We add that to our lives. How many times do we have a pair, this is me, of pattern trousers and think, oh, I don't have enough jumpers that go with that. I need to get another jumper. Oh, I need to get another jumper. I mean, one's not enough, is it? Oh, I should get another jumper. Oh, another jumper. And another jumper. How many times in our life do we think, I finished that book, I want an even better book. I'm not going to ask my friends, Amazon, Prime, another book. How many times do we think, oh, my blanket's been washed a bit too many times. I want to snuggle up on the sofa and I want a really soft blanket. Do we go out and get another blanket? Asda, six pounds. How many times do we get a notification on our phone that says, you deserve a new upgrade? And you're like... I didn't think there was anything wrong with my phone. But now you say, I'd love a new phone. Better camera, more... Um, oh, I've lost all my words about phones. <laughs> data, thank you. More data. So we get a new phone. How 
many times, now this is for me, do we think, I'm fed up of sharing a car. I just want my own one. Just to save 10 minutes each day, to save my walk from it to SJ's, I'm going to get a car, so we get a new car. That is so much of our society. We just bring stuff into our lives. And no wonder we see 4,000 ads a day. Our society is screaming, you need more. You deserve more. You deserve better. I'm going to go with this one. We want better, faster perfection. And honestly, all these thoughts have been in my week this week. When I was writing this out, I was like, oh dear, that's quite scary. I've had all of those thoughts of, can I afford that? Should I get that? Can I afford that? But that is a society that I live in. Sometimes with these things, I just grip to freedom. I grip to these things and I grip to the stuff of the world. But they don't bring freedom. We become so obsessed with getting the new things and getting our family new things and getting the latest gadgets that we hold on to these things and we almost suffocate our relationship with God. We bring all those other things and we suffocate our relationship with God. Lyra's not suffocating, just to say. (laughs) In that passage, Paul says... Hold on to the eternal life in which you've been called. What if in our life we stripped away all the other stuff and we just held on to the eternal life to which God has called us to? (laughs) I think Larry deserves a cheer. (laughs) Stay there for a minute. Is that okay? That's what you get when your auntie's the family worker. Sorry, Lara. Jesus came. Oh. Jesus came to set the captives free. Our society is so, so much clings to the things of this world and clings to stuff, clings to experiences. But Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to set us free from all of those things. He's calling us to hold on to the cross of eternal life. As we've talked about before, our God is recklessly generous. If we believe that he's recklessly generous, how can that overflow into our own lives? We have the pleasure of knowing him and serving him and loving him, and he is calling us to be recklessly generous. As I said before, when I had that example with my ring, I couldn't help but let that overflow into my own life. I wanted to tell everybody how much Jesus loved and adored me. If every day we are holding on to that cross, how much will we want to go and share that good news with other people? How much will we shove those things of the stuff of this world aside and cling on to that cross to share for other people? We can be generous in all sorts of ways. Um, with time and with how we treat other people, all that sort of thing. But this passage specifically talks about money. This is quite a tricky subject to talk about because of where our society is at and everybody's situation is different. This week, um, 
I was, went to cinema with my boyfriend on Sunday evening. And um, we were running through a very wet Bromley High Street, just picked up our snacks from Tesco's, running to the cinema. Um, and the next day, we had a conversation and, and we both talked about a pang of guilt that we felt when we ran past somebody who was sat on the floor and was clearly going to be there all night. And we were just worried about being dry. And we couldn't, both of us said to each other, oh, we should have, we should have stopped, we should have just had a conversation with him even, something. Um, and then the next day, I happened to be out with uh, me and Cernock, and we walked through Sainsbury's, um, and I saw somebody sat outside Sainsbury's. Uh, and I wasn't going to let that moment go to waste. I had this, like, you know, that awkward, like, oh, I'm, I should, oh, okay. Uh, so I said to me, I'm really sorry, I'm just going to go and ask him what sandwich he wants. He told me he wanted a cheese sandwich. I went inside, and I was getting my tea, um, bought my tea, got him a sandwich. Um, and that was, like, a tiny part of his day. But what Mia did struck me. She had her pocket money with her, and she'd already bought some things she needed for school, um, and then she decided she was going to treat herself to some chocolate. And as she picked up her chocolate, she said, I'm going to buy the man some chocolate as well. And annoyingly, that man was more grateful for the chocolate than the sandwich. <laughs> but he was so, as soon as Mia handed over that chocolate, he was so grateful. And I thought, what if in our life, every time we buy ourselves a treat, we buy, what, we buy the same thing for somebody else? Can we stretch that as far to say... When we can't afford to buy the treat for somebody else as well, we don't buy that treat for ourselves. So if you're getting a Starbucks, buy it for somebody else. If you're getting a meal deal, buy it for somebody else as well. If you're getting a new book, that's my downfall, buy one for somebody else as well. How much will we be recklessly generous for Jesus by buying treats for other people as well as ourselves? He's called us to love other people as we love ourselves and as we love him. If um, this has evoked guilt of any kind, shake that off. God is gracious and that guilt is not from him. He is a generous God who calls us to hold on, Larry doing so well, hold on to the eternal life we have been called to. This reckless generosity is all part of our pursuit of God series. I am so desperate to see his power in the lives of those around me. And to do that, I need to fight, as Paul said in this passage, I need to fight the good fight. It isn't easy for our hearts to love all of this stuff and to love God at the same time. We have to hold on to the eternal life that we have been called to. In our pursuit of God, if we want to become recklessly generous, we need to take hold of the eternal life we have been called to. Right, before I pray, Lyra, you can go and sit down. You've been amazing. Can everybody clap her, please? <laughs> Good job, thank you. I'm just going to finish in prayer. Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a generous God. Thank you for all you give us. Thank you for all you've done for us, even though we are so unworthy. Lord God, we want to see your power in our world today. We want those conversations about you in the co-op to be normality. Lord God, I pray that in our everyday lives, we would recognize how recklessly generous you are. 
and we would take hold of that cross of eternal life and we in turn would be recklessly generous to those around us. Lord God, I pray that in whatever way we can, that we would just talk to you about how we manage our money and how we spend our money. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would guide us in that. In your name, amen.